What's up, everyone? You're listening to the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast, where you can get real, honest opinions about films that are opening in your theaters soon, and every once in a while, an older film as well. So stay tuned. Enjoy what you're hearing. Don't forget to like us and follow us on social media, at VS Movie Podcast. You know how all that works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. Mark here. Um, Bear with me for a second as I try to explain what's going on. This week, I was lucky enough to be able to interview three uh, of the featured actors from the Amazon Prime series, Three Pines, um, Sarah Booth, Julian Bailey, and Anna Tierney. They're in three consecutive days. Now, uh, I originally had planned, since I asked them basically the same questions about the show so I could get their individual thoughts. I thought about trying to be clever and trying to cut the video together to where it's me asking one question and then over the course of the three interviews, you get the idea instead of just having three separate interviews. But, uh, because I'm an idiot, uh, when I got to the last interview, uh, with Anna Tierney, I lost a little bit of her introduction video and not quite as much of the video as audio. So I was able to put together most of her interview. You lost my intro uh, and my greeting her, really, is what you lost. So, and me asking her how it felt to not actually be a Canadian in a French-Canadian show. But you get her answer to that. That's on me. I thought I had it handled, as I was recording for the third day in a row, as it turns out, I'm going to have to build myself an interview checklist with things to do before I say hi, everyone. Um, so here's what's going to happen in this video and or audio. If you're listening to the audio version, uh, you're going to get, uh, me talking with Sarah Booth, who I talked to first. Then you're going to get me talking to Julian Bailey, who I talked to second, and then you will get, uh, the lovely, talented, and incredibly understanding Anna Tierney to finish this up. Um, they all have really great things to talk about the show-wise, their character-wise, um, the future of the show going forward, so I hope you appreciate it. Um, I will try to put chapters on this so you can click to whichever one of them that you want. Um, and if it's the audio version, I'll try to, 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 to cut it up so it's a little easier for you to get the, any particular actor that you would like. So I apologize to you for you having to listen to me ask effectively the same questions three times. Uh, and I apologize to Anna Tierney uh, for screwing up the very beginning of what was otherwise a really great discussion. So thanks for listening and or watching. We'll be back in the new year with more stuff for you. Take it easy. Stay safe. Don't drink and drive on New Year's Eve. And we'll see you all in 2023. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, I'm here with uh, actress Sarah Booth, who is currently featured 
uh, on a great series on uh, Amazon Prime Video called Three Pines. Um, thank you for coming on. I do appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to our chat. Uh, I, I hope so. Let's see what happens. Um, let's let's talk <laughs> first. You you play um, uh, an enthusiastic yet inexperienced uh, young officer, Agent Yvette Nicole. Mm-hmm. Um, in, uh, in, in in this takes place in uh, French Canadian Quebec. Um, Quebec. So uh, that that's got to be fun for you. So fun. Uh, Honestly, like I just I I got to go back to my hometown. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? That that close? That's nice. Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So so obviously the French that's in this isn't really a challenge for you. Not at all. Yeah. People have asked me. They're like did you, you know, get a dialect coach for the accent? And I say, yes, my mother. <laughs> right. <laughs> my dialect coach for my, I've prepared my entire life for this role. Uh, don't you dream about things like that? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just, every time I watch it, it reminds me how little of my long ago high school French I remember. Uh, uh, can I, can I, can I clarify one thing? Is this correct? Mm-hmm. You worked at Universal Studios Waterworld Stunt Show. I did. Yes. Yeah. It was um, a fantastic job, I got to say. Like, talk about just playing on an adult jungle gym all day, you know? Uh, it was do you, great. Do you, do you wish that uh, Agent Nicole had more stunt work to do? Yes. Yes, I really do. What 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 is your ideal, uh, what is your ideal stunt sequence for, for Agent Nicole? Oh, for Agent Nicole. I think I would really like to do some stunt driving for her. Like she winds up, she winds up in the driver's seat instead of anybody else. Yes. And she like, you know, has like a really good chase. And I, I think that that would be a great sequence for her. You know, a lot of swearing. (laughs) Yeah. All in French with subtitles. That would be the, that would be the best. That would be the best kind. Um, Okay. Uh, well, first the, the, the show three pines is, is based on a series of novels. They're whodunits in the classic mm-hmm. sense by Louise Penny. Um, were you, uh, familiar with the novels going into no. this first? I had no idea when I got the audition breakdown, I saw who was involved, which is the producers of the crown. And I was like, okay, this is, this is big. And then I saw the description of the novels and that they were Canadian and the, there was 17 of them and I was like how have I never heard of these because I literally grew up an hour away from the you know fictitious town of Three Pines so I went down that rabbit hole for an afternoon and realized like there's a whole Louise Penny world out there that I did not know about so it was really fun to kind of dive in and read some of the books and get to know the characters. But also I realized that the character they wanted me to audition for is pretty different from the character in the books. Like, you know, her essence is similar, but she's a little bit more of a rebel in the book and um, rude, you know, kind of does things her own way. Um, And then in the series, they put her character description as awkward, eager, uh, accident prone, that kind of stuff. So I thought that was interesting. And I was able to kind of build, you know, kind of a new character, I guess, with the creators of the show. So I had a lot of fun just 
discovering who she is and and being able to you know do a lot of improv with her which was a lot of fun and I was able to bring you know my upbringing of growing up in a tiny small French Canadian town to, to that role so a lot of Fringlish a lot of you know, little things that uh, that certain characters in my life growing up had that made me laugh or were interesting for me. That's that's awesome. Um, the, the 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 hero, if you will, our protagonist of of these novels is Chief Inspector Armand Gamache, played by <laughs> okay. Alfred Alfred yeah. Molina. Um, <laughs> uh, and we'll get to him in a second. Uh, but you you talked about creating uh, Agent Nicole a little bit because she's a little bit different from the book. This has nothing to do with anything. Uh, it's just the last couple episodes that we watched. I, I was suddenly struck. Does agent Nicole like to eat? Because yes, that's one thing. <laughs> that's one thing that I kind of discovered with her was she has trouble kind of not just standing there and like listening and not doing anything. So whenever I would rehearse a scene with the, you know, the director and, and the rest of the cast, I would kind of gravitate to like doing something, always finding something to like fiddle with because I feel like she's socially uncomfortable. So the food helped because whenever there was food, it was something new. It smells good. I just want to, you know, just want to try it. (laughs) And I feel like she's not really, you know, the type of character to bring herself like a nice packed lunch every day. I feel like she's just like, I'm hungry. What's around, you know? So I brought that into her. Like, I just felt like she was a busy body. I, it, it was noticed. I, cause it was, and then I <laughs> thought about it. Cause like the last couple episodes, like someone brought in the baked goods and she was like on it, you know, like I, on she it. was all on it. And then I thought it was, you know, a couple episodes, she, did you guys already order lunch or breakfast? And I'm just like, wait a minute, there's a food theme here. Uh, so I just, I, I just thought it was funny. It's apropos of nothing, but I noticed yeah, it. I wanted you to know that. Felt, it just felt right. And honestly, like, um, I feel like she has this puppy energy to her and you know, she's just always like sniffing things out. And one of my co-stars, Anna said very well that she, you know, never leaves a stone unturned and she's just, you know, always sniffing something out. So that just made sense too. When there was, I guess, food. <laughs> no, it's that it's, it's great. Um, we already know you speak French, which is great. Um, I do, yes. And we, we talked about how you see, how you originally saw uh, Agent Nicole and whatnot. Um, the whodunit, let's get back to that for just a second, um, seems to kind of be uh, enjoying this a sort of mini renaissance. Uh, you know, we've got uh, yeah. Ken- Kenneth Branagh's Agatha Christie films. We've got uh, Ryan Johnson has now had two whodunits in Knives Out and Glass Onion. Um, there's even, you know, we even had the comedy this year, See How They Run. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I haven't seen that one. Uh, it, it's just fun. It's it's it clue, but maybe a little less wackadoodle. Okay. Uh, but okay. still enjoy it. Sam Rockwell is great, and Saoirse Ronan is outstanding. So if you can oh, watch those two, then yeah, you can watch that movie yes. all day long. Um, why do do you think that 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 that's going to stay a thing? Because I mean, whodunits used to be big. You know, westerns used to be big, and they went away. Yeah. They're kind of doing it, but the whodunit never really had a heyday. But it feels like I think it's it more right now, though. Like we just binged the White Lotus, and that's you know in its own way a whodunit. Well, you know someone dies, but you just don't know exactly like who who dies and who kills, right? So I feel like I I think there's maybe a like a joy in the binge watch of the whodunit, maybe because 
people, you know, hurry up to watch it to, you know, before the internet spoils it, I guess. But, you know, with uh, Three Pines, we have two of the, like, we have two episodes a week. So we do have, like, that weekly whodunit, but we also have the the season whodunit, which is interesting as well. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know why it's, I guess, I feel like, it, you know, action movies have kind of its time and we, I feel like we circle back around, but I definitely feel like we just came out of like a, a horror phase and now we're like going into like a murder mystery phase. I, I hope so. Cause they are, they are terribly enjoyable. Um, they are the three pines. Uh, I don't, and I don't know. It's, it's like, a, it reminds me of another series, uh, that ran for six seasons. I think, uh, Longmire on AMC. Oh, if you want a Who's Western that? kind of whodunit, um, Sure. I just, I blanked out. Is the poster like a, just a dude and his horse? Yeah. Okay. So it's not, I, it's I'm not Yellowstone, which is out now. It's, it's, it, yeah, yeah, this yeah. was on it. Yeah. So, okay. uh, but it, but the, the, the comparison I made is the, um, they actually both, but because Longmire takes place in Wyoming, uh, near the, uh, Indian reservation. Okay. Um, so the, and over the course of the seasons, there's a lot of interplay between, you know, uh, America, the, the the government and and the tribal authority, and the uh, so they both both shows kind of hit on the 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 plight of the indigenous people, especially the indigenous women. Yes. Um. And and that did, I I was going to ask. Obviously, if you've never seen a show, uh. But so you you can't compare the two. But were you was that something you noticed going into the show Three Pines? Um. And was that something that attracted you? Were were you really aware of it? Did they really stress it as you were working through the show? Well, what was really interesting is I was able to read some of the scripts before I signed on, I believe. I think I at least got to read one. So I, I knew that there was an Indigenous storyline. But once we actually did the whole season read-through over a week on Zoom, I was just so impressed by how much of the storyline um, it was throughout the season. And also the people that were involved with the series you know, are just such, first of all, incredible creators and just having their input and having, you know, every note was taken. So, and they, they had a lot of input from indigenous communities, indigenous creators, actors. Um, it, it just felt like it was very collaborative and it felt like everyone who was involved that was indigenous was really proud of it. And I think that's, that was the most important part was for it to be authentic and for it to not just be about tragedy, which I feel like a lot of indigenous stories are only about tragedy. And yes, there has been a lot of tragedy, but I think that it's really important to show the resilience of the community and the positive aspects so I think the input that, that they gave was just like people, just the, the feedback that I've gotten from people just thanking that their lives are reflected or that it's just such an authentic, great story to, to watch and to be slightly educated by. Yeah. I, the thing I, I like about it is uh, it's, it's very clear that it is a, it's a, it's a major kind of point of, of uh, Inspector Gamache's um career i mean it's something that gets you know it's it's the kind of thing that sticks in his craw anyway um but yeah. i i love the fact it's it's there but it it's not the thing and they never beat you with it it's always they don't downplay it 
but nor mm-hmm. do they sit there and continually pontificate about it. So it's clearly important. It's clearly good. I think the balance they struck is really, really nice. The way it weaves in with everything else, instead of just being like this clumps of things that they slap you with every once in a while. So I, I, I think the balance is really well struck. Um, you, you, you mentioned uh, one of your co-stars, Anna earlier, who plays um, Clara Morrow, uh, one of the artists. I'll actually be talking to her uh, in a couple days. Um, oh, great. Uh, but uh, that this is a big cast. There's a lot of yeah. people. Um, yeah. What th- so uh, even you know Alfred Molina is the lead, but he's not on screen all the time. There's a lot of other stuff going on. Um, what is it like working with such a huge group of actors? Um, and then of course I'll give you a chance to gush about Alfred Molina if you'd like. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, working with all the actors was great because a lot of them were actually from Montreal, and that's where I started my career and continued to work throughout my entire career. So it was fun to work with people that I've done theater with or just been in the acting community with. And Claire Coulter, I had done an entire series of television with before, a show called Helix that was on Sci-Fi. So it was that was really fun to just either get to know or reunite with a lot of actors and also get to know uh, Anna, who is originally from the UK, but now she's a Canadian. And it, I, you know, got a, a great relationship with her still uh, to chat with her and hang out with her a lot. Same with Elmaya. And of course, working with um, Alfred Molina was just fantastic. He, I was, of course, really intimidated when I found out that he was cast as Armand Gamache. And, you know, just hearing his name elevated the entire project and everything that I had imagined about the project. So it it was, uh, I I was nervous, but when I met him, he has such like a chill, fun, playful essence to him. And he was just wonderful to work with, to learn from. He really, you know, emphasized and I learned, you know, never take yourself yourself too seriously. Just have fun, and yeah, and and I, I really, really hope we get a second season because I want to hang out with everyone again. <laughs> um, okay, so speaking of, of that, um, yeah. the, this Canadian produced. I mean, it's French Canadian for for fuck's sake. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. What kind of reception did you guys kind of think you were going to get outside of? I mean, because that's kind of a niche market, sort of. Um, it is. Uh, but but to be fair, uh, you know, to, to follow up on that, th- there seems to be a lot more, um, as a crass American, I'll say foreign material coming in. Uh, you know, foreign drama, you know, the European drama sees, drama TV is ridiculous. The the, the mm-hmm. Asian television is just ridiculous. But we're, it, does it feel like we're getting more of that now or we're just being exposed to more of that now? I feel like it's, there's, well, I don't know. I feel like maybe a little bit of both. I feel like there's so much more television being produced and shared, you know, throughout the whole world, throughout streaming platforms. But I also feel that there's a lot more bilingual uh, shows being done or, you know, just being able to watch a show on Netflix that was produced in Mexico or in Italy, you know, there's, or in France, there's just so many great hit shows that are being shared around and remade as well. 
So yeah, I think it's it's probably a little bit of both, but there's just so much television being cast and being made right now that it's really exciting. I think there's a little bit of ev- you know everything for everyone, and it's kind of opened up a lot of different genres for people too. You know, there's been so many great horror series that I don't think you know anyone would go to Blockbuster and you know pick up on the shelf if it just wasn't on Netflix. So. Yeah, I, I think it's it's uh, just a great place for people to you know find really special shows. Yeah, I I have a few of my own favorites uh, from both directions, which is nice. But it, it, mm-hmm. I, were you expecting? Like, I haven't seen numbers on you know on on what kind of viewership Three Pines has gotten. Uh, have you guys heard anything about that as it relates to possibly getting season two? Well, they never tell us the numbers, but we do know that we were the number one show on Prime in the US, in Canada, UK, and Australia. So that's great news. And I'm sure, you know, hopefully that encourages them to explore these stories a little bit more because the feedback, like just the messages that I'm getting from people from all over the world, it's it's just so fun to be part of something that so many people can watch. I've done some great Canadian shows, but you know, a lot of people throughout the world can't really access them or they have to wait, you know, a couple of years later for it to hit Netflix or whatever streaming platform, um, you know, it gets delivered on, but it, it's really fun to be part of something so big and, uh, you know, like real time, two episodes a week. It's, yeah, it's, I, I really think people are responding really well to it and it's just slightly different and, and really catching a lot of people's attention. Yeah, I, uh, one of the things that I like about the, uh, like I said, I'm a, I, I, uh, I'm a fan of dark. Um, 1899 just wrapped up. You know, what Squid Games want to come? They all just have a different feel oh, than what we're nor- like we used to. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's kind of the appeal, actually, of the Asian horror as well, because Asian horror is markedly different from Western horror. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're into that, so the feel is different. And I'm hoping, and and, and Three Pines feels different enough. It doesn't feel foreign but it's not right. it's not you know it's not what you would see on friday nights on cbs normally like back in the exactly. heyday so uh, yeah. i i think like i said i think it's a nice it's got a nice mix it's got a nice balance of message it's got a great cast you guys are all great thank um, you and and uh i know i i only have so much time so i'll thank you one more time oh, for coming you. on and talking yeah. and then i will finish up with two questions because this is sure. technically a movie podcast mm-hmm. what is what is the last movie you saw in a theater Ooh, that's a great question. Kate, give me two seconds. My husband will probably yell it from the other room. Last movie I saw in the theater, and it wasn't that long ago. Oh, my goodness. Okay, ask me the next one. Hopefully that comes to you. Uh, what is the favorite movie that you watched this year? Because there was a lot of good stuff in 2022. My favorite movie that I watched this year... This is, okay, you're going to get a lot of like, dead noise. Um, you know what? The first six months of this year, I didn't really watch that many movies because I, I had finished shooting the series and I was like, I sat at home and I was like, I don't want to watch anything. I don't know why. So you need I don't know break. why. But okay. Well, the, okay. I would have to say I've been watching more series. Can I say series? You can say series. Well, I just binged the White Lotus, and I have to say that's 
blew my socks I, I, I haven't had time. I, I keep hearing wonderful things about it. I don't think I really understood that it was a mystery type. Sh- I don't know what I thought yeah. it was, but you said it, it's kind of a whodunit. And I'm like, well, it's not. It's a whodunit. I, I don't think that's what I was thinking it was. So I might have to go and, and, and binge on that. Let, well, let's let, let, let me rattle off a couple of names. Did you see any of the big ones this year? Did you see Top Gun this year? I, I did. did I saw say, Top Gun. How did you feel about Top Gun? I loved it. Did you? Did I you? loved it. I thought it was a really good, like, you knew what you were going to get. It was like the recipe of a great summer blockbuster, and I loved it. I had zero complaints in that movie. All it right. was wonderful. Let, let me go one more. Let me go a completely different direction. Did you watch Marcel the Shell with Shoes on this year? I did not. <sighs> Tragic. I will have to. Yes, you will. You, it's, it's, it, if, if you, you don't have a soul. I don't think if you don't like that movie. Uh, I love animated movies so much. It's, oh, and and of course, uh, if you're if you're on Netflix, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Yes. No, I haven't seen that one. Is fabulous. Yeah. Uh, I can highly recommend it. And weirdly, a movie, uh, I'll give you one more animated film. This is three animated films in a row, by the way, uh, that I wasn't expecting to enjoy is Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I love, love, love Puss in Boots. I, I was not expecting to like that. I, honestly, I just love movies that are great for kids, but just have that adult humor. I just, uh, are I, you a like, horror? Are you a horror at all? I'll keep you for one more minute. Do you, I, I, I do. I do. I don't watch a ton of horror but i like you know um like i grew up on i know what you did last summer scream like all that was like all the you know the slasher movies that we were addicted to ah well then i'll one more one more recommendation is of course violent night i can't recommend that movie enough to people that's the movie i saw in theaters thank you very much there it is do you thumbs up thumbs down where you at i loved it i i loved it i saw it twice i, I smiled the whole way the entire time for no i i don't understand why but i did it's yeah just... i like i laugh out loud like was just i was i had a great time i was so vocal in that movie it was it was a blast it it's if there's one to be excited about it you, yeah it, it almost feels like a crowd movie you have to have an audience it would be tough to watch that by yourself and have as good a time yeah so, well that's a reason i wanted to go to the theater because you know it's one of those movies that you're like no i just want to see with some people around me you know have some movie energy a little bit and, and we're going to see avatar uh this week as well okay i'd be really interested excited. to see what you think Tweet, okay. Tweet your tweet your opinions. Well, um, thank you again, Sarah Booth. Uh, tw- uh, Three Pines is on Amazon Prime Video right now. All eight episodes. Uh, that's it's four mysteries in two episode chunks. Um, that is season one. Hopefully, we get word on a season two soon, uh, so we can see more of this. We we get. I don't want to be left with the cliffhanger we have because that's not cool. At that's all. not nice. I wouldn't like to end the series that way. No spoilers. Not very Canadian of us. No, right? Not yeah. horribly not <laughs> at all. Uh, but thank you again so much for coming on. I do appreciate you taking the time and I will let you get back to your day. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, if we have season two, let's uh, talk about that. Anytime, anytime you want to talk, just reach out about anything. If you see a movie in the theater and you're like, I need to vent about this movie. Love it. I, come on. We'll talk about anything. Perfect. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for coming back to the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast. 
As always, I am Mark, your host. With me today from the Amazon Prime series Three Pines, uh, actor Julian Bailey, uh, who plays uh, artist Peter Morrow. Uh, welcome and thank you for coming on, sir. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, yeah. Uh, so this is this uh, French Canadian show. Yeah. Uh, you are Canadian and British ish, <laughs> uh, Montreal native. Yeah. Uh, so my first question is, um, how much uh, French refresher did you need for uh, any of the French in this show? Honestly, I didn't need any French refresher. Um, I didn't have to speak any French to whatever degree they spoke French in the show. I was pretty comfortable with, uh, you know, you probably noticed my character doesn't speak any French, at least not that I recall. No, uh, but it yeah. does pop so up every once in a while. Uh, do, do I speak French? In no, but character? it. I think sometimes uh, some of the characters get a little bit, and I forget who's in frame. So. No, that's true. So, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, hey, that's great. Um, and uh, apropos of nothing about Three Pines, I noticed uh, in your uh, CV that you worked on an American soap uh, at did. one point, young, young and a Restless. Now, as, a man of a, as a man of a certain age, there were days when I stayed home from school sick uh, with my grandmother. I'm just going to say that I stayed at home sick with my grandmother and I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but, but uh, people joke about self, I almost feel like that's a rite of passage for young actors. I mean, it feels like if you, anybody now you're like, Oh yeah. And in 1987, they did, they did uh, eight months on soap opera X. I mean, does it feel that way? Do you, a lot of, I mean, well, I'll tell you what it feels like, man. Like at the time when I got that part, uh, and it was it was a really short uh, arc. It was a recurring arc. I think I right. did four episodes or something. Um, it nearly turned into a much bigger thing, and that's a whole other story that I don't know if we have time for that. But um, but no, it was it was a relatively short thing, and it was kind of an aberration of a character on that show because uh, I was providing a certain amount of comic relief on the show. I was just this bartender named Vincent who basically flirted with every. Uh, every very attractive woman on the show, including the elderly women uh, and just, you know, throwing out cheesy uh, pickup lines and stuff like that. But it was trippy and surreal for me because, you know, obviously I grew up hearing about the young and the restless and bold and the beautiful and, you know, general hospital and stuff like that. So getting cast on, on the young and the restless and realizing I was going to be on that show and I was going to like forever be like, you know, have that on my, in my career, like track record that I was on the young and the restless was pretty surreal but one of the trippiest things or most surreal things about it for me is the show I really grew up on was The Price is Right. Uh. And we were filming right across the hall from The Price is Right. And so I would I would see uh, Bob Barker in the cafeteria and I would see the big the big uh, Showtime showdown wheel uh, spinning wheel thing, whatever you call it. Yep. Um, and. Uh, and uh, I would hear, in fact, at the time, because this was a while ago, they were actually in the process of uh, phasing out Bob and trying to audition for new, um, new a new host. And, uh, of course, eventually they went with Drew. But, um, yeah, the funny thing is, I, I don't know if this is like a, if I, I, I'm sure I'm allowed to say this at this point, but they, the guy who was in the front running at the time for the host of Price is Right was a guy named, I believe his first name was Dave. But his last name was Price. His name was Dave Price. And he was the guy who, who they were really looking at to take over the, the helm from Bob Barker. And I remember hearing them doing tapings, kind of like trial runs at the at that time. 
Um, and uh, of course, they ended up getting Drew Carey, which oftentimes is what happens. Dave Price was a weather guy from New York City, oh, wow. as I as I recall. Uh, but yeah, Drew Carey got it as often as the case. They go with the big name, you know, and uh, Drew Carey had had kind of made a name for himself by that time. So uh, the rest is history. But yeah, yeah, a rite of passage, maybe. Uh, I feel very fortunate to have been a part of it. It was a cool experience. That's cool. Um, were you familiar with the the novels that Three Pines was is based on uh, from Louise Penny? No, I wasn't actually. Uh, I became familiar uh, with them once uh, I well, you know, when I got closer to me ultimately getting cast, and then after I got cast, I started to, of course, familiarize myself with with her books, with her novels, and her amazing stories. But um, no, I wasn't. I wasn't beforehand. And I mean, I, I, I'm not like Anna Tierney, who plays Clara in the show. She literally had read all of her books, like up to that point, before even, uh, I think before even auditioning. Oh, wow. uh, don't quote but she had read. Oh, I'm talking to her tomorrow, so I'm sure I'll hit her with that. Oh, yeah, you can get her to quote that if that's true. But uh, but yeah, and so she she had a chance to really sink her heels into that material. I, I didn't and then once i was cast you know and i started to read the stuff and we were getting real close to shooting i was trying to familiarize myself with particularly with uh the uh the murder stone which uh there was another they they republished it in, with a different title and it's escaping me right now but um that was that would be like what episodes five and six were basically based on yeah. so since those were kind of my character's main episodes the director was recommending that i get kind of familiar with that book so i started with that one and then later started reading still life after we'd already started shooting and then started noticing some things that you know one could say were discrepancies between the way my character is described in the books let's say just physically right uh and that kind of got in my head for a bit and i was like oh i better i better <laughs> distance myself for a second and focus on the scripts because in terms of the internal drive of this guy there was you know, I tried to keep it very true to the books. Um, and I think I think Amelia and, you know, um, Catherine and the people that were writing the screenplays, uh, the teleplays, uh, did a pretty good job of keeping the core elements of these characters intact. Um, but as far as the uh, the physical stuff, you know, we veered a little bit and certain things, you know, weren't really my choice. Uh, but I just kind of tried to merge and work with the vision of the producers and the director, which I, I think ultimately worked worked pretty well. I'll, perhaps to the uh, chagrin of some of the uh, hardcore <laughs> fans of the novel, of the novels. But you know, that's 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 this world, man. Adaptations are tricky, man, especially when you have such a massively beloved series and and characters such as these are. Yeah, uh, you mentioned uh, Anna Anna Tierney, uh, who yeah. plays uh, uh, Clara, who is your wife. Um, on the show. Uh, so you play Peter Morrow. She plays Clary. Um, you uh, are actually both artists in, in the, uh, in the show. Um, what's your art background? If any, <laughs> my art background, finger paints. Um, yeah, my art background, as far as actual fine art goes, uh, personally is not super impressive. Uh, I do like painting. I've always liked painting. Uh, maybe I could be good at it. I've never really uh, given it enough of uh, a shot to, to know if, if I have any actual talent there. I will say my mother is, is a phenomenal painter. That's, that's actually true. 
she's a musician, but she's a phenomenal painter. She always has been. Her father was an ex, like extraordinarily talented uh, painter, like d- details and impressionist stuff, and I mean just the gamut. And um, and my my both of my father's parents, both of them were exceptional painters. I mean, l- like legit exceptional painters, not as a profession per se. Although I think my mom's dad had sold some stuff. I think. Don't quote me on that either. But uh, but but yeah, no, I uh, I was surrounded by art growing up. And my mom, in fact, when I was a kid, uh, made it a, a point to take me to galleries uh, with my, my brother. Um, she made it a point. That was like a regular part of my childhood was going to galleries and looking at at paintings um, and, you know, just just hopefully you know becoming you know cultured or right well, then uh, you wind up acting how, how did you not wind up with a paintbrush in your hand how did you wind yeah. up how did you wind up on the stage yeah in yeah in front of the well, camera yeah paintbrush or you know behind a piano or at a piano um i started in music you know my mom was a piano teacher and so she and by the way the the british thing is really through my mother she's from london she was a classically trained pianist uh, from you know going back to her childhood i mean she that was like her thing although her dream was to be a ballerina but but she was a classically trained pianist and she went to the royal academy of music in london and uh and uh her her brother actually my uncle is a pretty accomplished uh organist and composer in england but um i was raised you know to learn the piano and to to have a foundation in music to know how to read music and and all of the above and uh what happened was my mom was trying to teach me and I couldn't sit still. And so they got me another teacher, you know, who they thought might, I might be more uh, cooperative with. And, uh, after that, um, uh, I met a kid at school who was on a TV show, Canadian TV show. And I realized he was kind of, he, he, well, how do I put this? He was sort of, I don't know. There was something about it. The fact that he was on a TV show that I just thought was really cool. I guess I was a little starstruck in a way. And, and I thought to myself, like I could do that job. Like I could, I could pretend to be these people and pull it off, and you know, and uh, hide and you know, uh, hide in these characters. And 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 I asked my parents if I could if I could join this children's theater group called the Children's Theater of Montreal. Um, and I did, and uh, they said cool. And then eventually, I kind of phased out the piano because I started doing so much in that realm um, because I ended up getting referred to some dubbing houses and I did some anime cartoons. Uh, just my voice when I was about 11 years old, I got my first anime cartoon. And then after that, it just started kind of rolling in. Um, did a play with the National Theatre School of Canada when I was about 11 or 12. And uh, and then did a, a movie because the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation was scouting for talent throughout the city coming through elementary schools. And I got cast in this in this movie. And so all these things, the stage, the screen and the and the microphone, I guess, you know, voiceovers sort of converged at once. Uh, and then I decided to keep uh, on the path of, you know, just taking whatever was coming in, but trying to have a relatively normal childhood. Uh, so I didn't try to get an agent or anything. It was all just like direct bookings at that point. And then after I turned 18, I moved to Southern California and went to acting school. Uh, and then that was that was that. That's, that's a whole other chapter we could get into if you want. <laughs> that's uh, it, 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 it's, it, it's, it's cool. It just kind of uh, organically grew out of interest, which I, I think is better than having, say, a parent push a child into anything at all. Totally. Um, yeah. Three Pines yeah. uh, is, is a whodunit based on a series of whodunit novels. Um, 
I was I I talked to Sarah Booth yesterday. Oh no uh, way! I, yeah, she's great. Um, she she really is. Uh, and I I asked her, and I'll, so so I'll ask you. The the the, the Who Done It seems to be enjoying some sort of a mini renaissance of late. You know, we've got you know we've we've got uh, Branagh's Agatha Christie movies. Uh, mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson has got his second Who Done It out now. Um, mm-hmm. Even you know we had the the comedy version of the Who Done It and see how they run, which hit theaters earlier this year. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that what what do you think maybe explains that what what's the appeal of the whodunit for audiences? Well, the first thing that comes to mind, and it's nothing against big blockbuster movies or Marvel or Lord of the Rings or whatnot, uh, but the first thing that comes to mind is just people are, uh, I think they're ready to scale it back a little bit and and bring their entertainment um, back to uh, a kind of more grassroots level as far as intimacy is concerned Mm -hmm. and and i think um because of the the you know the way well money makes the the world go around right and because of the whole issue of you know bottom line and you know making money and that whole thing i think the pendulum swung that way in hollywood um and it has swung and, and it's still swinging um but people still love a good cozy for lack of a better word uh story to to uh to get involved with and to feel like they can they can put themselves uh in the shoes of these characters or in this town you know to live vicariously as it were through characters and through these situations there's a catharsis i think that um that you can experience when you when you can get lost in in a world like this that is more plausible than say you know thor or spider-man or that kind of thing and those are great but you know and of course these are plausible but yet a little kind of almost fantastical the way uh, you know the way some of these crimes unfold they're almost like but that's the beauty of 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 this adaptation is there is that stylized Mm -hmm. element and uh people that don't get that are critical perhaps of of the show and you know let's say some of the prose like language that's used some of it's actually pulled directly from the books um but yeah no i think i think that i think it is refreshing for people to get into a a cozy little story i, I like, like i like cozy as a descriptor i i think that's yeah. that's very very apt um i yeah. had also noticed um in three pines there's a, a show that uh, sarah actually wasn't familiar with you might be uh longmire from amc you know, it's funny because I'm really not familiar with the show, but apparently my my uh, just down the street from my place in L.A. and I haven't been back there for a while, <laughs> but my roommate um, uh, still is still there. And just down the street, there's a little coffee shop, and across the street supposedly is where the, one of the stars of Longmire lived. And so that's that's sort of my connection with the show is that when we go to the coffee shop. Um, he'd be like, that's the dude from Longmire losing that house right there. So that's kind of how I first heard about the show, but I'm actually, as far as the show itself, I'm not really familiar with it. So, well, but I, I am familiar with it, but not. Yeah. Know. Set in Wyoming with a sheriff, Sheriff Long, yep. Walt, Walt Longmire. It's a great show, by the way, if you're into Western uh, that kind of atmosphere, but it, it's kind of a whodunit because there's always something going on. But the, the thing uh, that, that I was comparing it to, um, is that, uh, it's right up against uh, a native reservation. So there's always the interplay uh, yeah. with the uh, with the indigenous peoples and rights and the the plights of 
the indigenous people, specifically the indigenous women, um, yeah. which, uh, but like Longmire, I think, uh, three pines, um, it's always there as a story aspect, but it's never, um, it, it's never, it's never the thing it, it's, it's ever present, but it's not, they're not beating you with it, but you're, you're aware of what's going on. Um, yeah. and that balance in a lot of shows that are trying to deal with difficult things or, you know, unflattering concepts, sometimes they can't get the balance right. Um, you guys, uh, all have also seemed to get that balance right. So my question is, were you aware of that aspect of the material going in or did it kind of dawn on you as you started going through the scripts and, and what do you think of the approach that you guys have taken? That's a great question. Um, I wasn't aware, uh, to a great extent at the outset. Um, the focus for me as an actor and for my character was really more based in the town, you know, uh, and, and those stories. But, uh, but no, of course, as I started reading the scripts, you know, I became fully aware of, of all that stuff. And it was, um, yeah, I totally concur and agree with you that it was tremendous how they managed to, to weave the, both of those elements together um such an important story and stories to be told uh kind of you know you're talking about longmire kind of reminds me too of yellowstone you know at least in the i i've just recently started getting into yellowstone and uh and there's that element as well with the reservation and that kind of tension and or dichotomy even and um no it's it's great man i i i think it's uh, i'm so glad that they they took it there and i and like i said i concur that the balance that they've managed to uh, achieve is tremendous yeah they ne- they never downplay it nor do they i mean so I, like i said it you can't ignore it but neither are you it's not it's not the topic of the show so you're no, not I, putting you're not putting anyone out which is nice and, and right. I, it sounds weird when I, when you when i say it like that but that, that that's what i know no. there's a better way to say that i just don't have it no no i don't <laughs> think it sounds weird i i think the other way i would maybe be inclined to put it is they they manage to avoid the avoid the trap or avoid falling into the trap of becoming preachy about um, about these extraordinarily important issues that have been underrepresented, you know. And it it it, it could become it could be easy to fall into the trap of getting you know preachy about it or kind of hitting us over the head with it i don't think they do that at all no uh and i think the way they do it by allowing the story to carry uh allowing the words and the script and the story uh to to carry the story to carry the message and um and that i mean that's storytelling one-on-one you know that's the way to, to do it is to not tell people what they should think or how they should feel but to just to just say look um this is what's going on and then to tell a story that does justice to what's going on and uh yeah it's it's tragic but it's but it's so necessary that people become more aware of that so i'm so glad that all these shows are doing that now you know yeah uh there there are a lot of uh indigenous actors uh in the show um Mm -hmm. which is this is a this is a large ensemble uh even even the show though we though have we you know uh Chief Inspector Gamache is is played by the great Alfred Molina. Um, but what is yeah. it like working with this? Uh, because you're in the town, because you're in Three Pines, so you deal right. with this huge ensemble more 
than right. you know maybe some other people do. What is it like working with such this? It's it's a huge and diverse swath of characters. Um, and then, of course, I'll give you a second to to gush about uh, Alfred Molina if you want. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's not hard to do at all. Um, I mean. You know, I mean, the first word that comes to mind is it's just humbling to be surrounded by such not only amazing talents, but just amazing people, like really legitimately good, kind people. Um, and I can say that like without, you know, being um, without trying to sound, you know, uh, like I'm just saying the right thing. But I mean it like uh, talking to some of these actors um not only the actors, but the the, the producers and, and the directors that we had as well. Um, speaking of the indigenous aspect, you know, Tracy Deer directed episodes three and four. Um, she was just uh, super hands-on, tremendously insightful, talented, and caring director. Um, you know, and the same thing goes for all, all our, our directors, Daniel Grew and Sam Donovan. Amazing. Um, but, you know, having a chance, let, like, as an example to connect with Tansu Cardinal. Um, wow. I mean, you know, and when you're working with someone, you don't ne- you can't necessarily appreciate the work that they're doing until after you see the finished product and like just watching her performance uh, among all of them. But her performance has kind of been, you know, putting chills down my spine. And um, yeah, I think Tansu is just, wow. Um, you know, I can say that about like everybody. As far as Alfred Molina, I mean, he's he's a star for a reason, you know, and he's become this this tour de force actor. And this this he's got such presence, but it's honestly grounded in a genuine heart and a, and a character of integrity. And um, he knows how to lead a set and he knows how to carry a, a, a film or a show and um, yeah just his example set the tone for all of us and uh, I, I you know like I said I'm just just humbled and so fortunate and blessed to have been a part and to be hopefully continuing to be a part of uh, such a great ensemble a great group of people Alfred Molina is just I mean th- he's he's brilliant you know I don't use that word lightly but he's also just a genuinely down-to-earth, humble, kind, and uh, sweet, sweet man. It seems like it. I, I, I love it when I hear that about people that I think I, that, that I, I think of the way they are. Um, so this is a, a Three Pines. It, it, this is a French-Canadian show. This isn't even just Canadian television, of which there is so much in America. Um, yeah. So it's it's almost to. I'll, I'll play the crass American for a second. You know, so it's almost a foreign show. Uh, but there are a lot of foreign dramas out yeah. there now. You know, there, you know, uh, Europe's got a bunch. A couple of my favorites, you know, Dark and eighteen ninety nine. Uh, you know, yeah. you know, Asia has given us Squid Games. Uh, yeah. You know, so the sensibilities are different. What kind of um, reaction were you hoping for outside of Quebec for this <laughs> for this kind of little weird niche who done it? Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting way to put it. Um, well, I mean, obviously, I was hoping for, you know, a tremendous reception and uh, knowing that we had Amazon behind us or at least, you know, as a platform and knowing that we had Left Bank with their uh, sensational track record with The Crown for Netflix. 
uh, you know, producing. Um, and the team, I mean, just Amelia and the, she's, you know, our showrunner and, um, and the EPs, Alfred's an executive producer along with, uh, Sam Donovan and, uh, John Phillips, um, just su- such a great group of people. So yes, it's a Canadian production, uh, in that, you know, we're kind of like coming in through, uh, Amazon Canada. Um, but we do, we have this, this great pedigree of left bank in England. So in that sense, it's kind of a British Canadian production, um, kind of like me, <laughs> but, uh, but no, we have that, we have that element. And then we have, you know, Amazon, of course, being an American company, there's, there's that aspect as well. Right. So I wouldn't say it's like a typical kind of just strictly Canadian show. Obviously it's sort of mainly Canadian and, and we're very proud of that seeing as the majority of the, of the cast is, is Canadian, at least partially Canadian. Um, and, uh, I think the expectation was, you know, when you read the scripts and then you, you kind of get a feel for how things are going while you're shooting. I, I think I, I mean, I don't want to sound presumptuous, but I think I, I had pretty high expectations that people would, would take to it, would like it. Um, and, and then the other thing is that Louise Penny, who is Canadian, uh, has had tremendous success, particularly in the U S. Uh, so I think in that sense, I was pretty confident going in that, that we would have, uh, that we would have a pretty nice reception, which, which we have. Yeah. I, I think it's been great. Uh, we, we just finished, uh, the eight episode season one. So, uh, for people that haven't watched it, that's four, two episode arcs that they release two episodes right. a week. Uh, so, so though that, that is all available to stream. Now you can just binge it on the weekend. Uh, right. it's, it's a fun watch. Uh, I do highly recommend it to everyone. I think it's great. Uh, but now because we're almost done and this is ostensibly a movie podcast, I do get to ask you two movie related questions. Sure. Uh, one it. is what is the last film you saw in a theater? The most recent <laughs> film. Oh my gosh. You put me on the spot. The last in the theater. Oh, well, I guess it was top gun. I guess it was top gun. Really? That uh, was it recently or did you see it when it came out? Were you an opening weekend guy? No, I wasn't. It, it, it was not recently, and it wasn't at the very beginning. It was kind of, tw- I guess it was kind of towards the end, shamefully, I admit. But uh, Did you see yeah, it in IMAX? Uh, no, I didn't, and <sighs> I, I have to. I, want, I need to. I have to because, look, I, I, I'm a big Tom Cruise fan. Love Tom Cruise. Uh, but with all the, I mean, nonstop, like, rave, everybody saying how amazing this movie was. I hate that. I hate going into a movie having heard all this stuff because I just, I had this extremely lofty expectations. And here's the thing. I saw it in a theater that did not have their sound system dialed in the way that I think they should. Oh, it was just almost obnoxious. (laughs) I'm probably, I'm probably sounding like a kind of like old fart or something, but it was obnoxious. I went with my, um, well, I went with, I guess I, I went with my wife and, and both our, our kids. And so we have an eight month old too. And so we had to put the, the headphones on yep. him because it was so loud. Well, at the time, I guess he would have been more like, I don't know, four or five months, but, um, and then he, and then he, he, you know, did a poo poo at the, uh, sort of in the last 15 minutes. So I actually, I actually had to step out the last 15 minutes to change his diaper. Um, I volunteered to do that. Yeah. Cause you're a good, uh, cause you're a good dad. I've been there. Yeah, I was going to give myself a little pat on the back there for that. But, yeah, no, I, I did that. But, yeah, I I mean, I got to see it again, man. I got to see it in IMAX somehow or, Didn't, yeah. 
Well, did, but it was great. It was, yeah. it was great. Did, did, did I, you see I, a lot of movies in the, in the, did, well, what is the, what was the favorite movie that you watched this year? Whether it was in theaters, or you caught it after it hit streaming. What's the favorite movie from 2022? Oh man. Uh, There's a lot of good ones out there. Yeah. There Sarah are. had trouble with this too. There are, I know, I know because it's that whole thing where, you know, it's that sort of deer in headlights thing. And someone asks you a question like that and you're just, you're kind of going through your the file in your mind going, what have I gone out to see? You know, with the pandemic and, and all that, I, I've been kind of like a bit of a homebody, but I know I saw, I know I've seen some stuff in the theater, man. What have I seen? Um, can I include something that I saw from home? Yeah. Maybe? If it's from this year, go uh, ahead. What did I, from this year? Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> um. I know there's got to be stuff, man. There's got to be. I'm just like, give me a second. Well, with little me... kids, it's tough. I, I, I'll give you uh, some, some, I'll give you, a, okay. give, I'll cut you some slack on that. Cause there's, again, there's a lot of good movies that you probably haven't seen yet. Yeah. I'll just throw a couple yeah. names at you. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Did not see that. Oh not yeah. That's that. uh, after the kids go to bed, just sit down with the wife and be prepared to have your I, minds blown. Yeah. Uh, you know, Top Gun is good. Um, uh, Puss in Boots actually comes out today um which top is of a my gr- list. top of my list no i actually didn't see puss in boots no it, co- it comes out today though? it comes out to yeah puss in boots the last oh. wish is in in the states it comes out today uh okay i was surprised how much i like that one actually tell me what other movies i should have watched because i <laughs> i'll try to make a point of seeing them uh, you know what hold on I'm, I'm gonna pull up my list right now of every because right. i've watched a lot of movies this year no offense uh the <laughs> way no the whale lives up to the hype in my opinion if you haven't seen if you haven't seen that yet I plan on it. Plan um, on it are you sure. a are you a horror guy or a violence guy? No, uh, not really a horror guy, but uh, but I don't know what kind of violence are you talking here. Uh, violent Night, the Santa Claus movie. No, no, but how was that? That I saw it. I saw it twice. I had to see it as a screening before it released, and then yeah. my wife couldn't come with me, so I I told her I would take her to see it. So I actually I saw it twice, and I smiled my way through it the entire time both times. Okay, it's okay. just it's rated R for gore. Because it's it's Die Hard with Santa Claus, but it's in the oh, best okay, possible. Yeah. They they make the Die Hard jokes for you in that oh, movie. Yeah. Uh, lots, lot, just so much good. Glass Onion. Uh, we're nope, talking Who Done It? If you have, if you want, if you like Knives Out, you should like Glass Onion. Put it on the list. Yeah. yeah. Um, honestly, uh, I guess you can only screen it on Roku. Is uh, weird. The Al Yankovic story. It's just really. It's only on Roku. I really? think so. That's where I had to watch it. And so, how did you like? It? Um, it's. I, I didn't like it as as one of my fellow critics here, but um, it's entertaining if you just as soon as you realize that he's not actually making a Weird Al biopic, but he's yeah. the main character. Yeah, it's yeah, it, yeah. not quite to the level of say uh, the unbearable weight of massive weight of unbearable talent or whatever the Nicolas Cage one yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that was that was a great movie I think that was this year too um, if you want a documentary I'm just going to tell you to watch Goodnight Oppie so you can cry about a little robot that's walking around on Mars uh, you what? wouldn't think that you will cry at the end of Goodnight Oppie but you will <laughs> so, so, but no there's, 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 there's just so much good stuff come out this year a lot of it should be streaming now I, yeah, I'm just like blanking, man. On so I'm sure there was more than just Top Gun. But, oh, um, and and just, and Marcel the Shell with shoes on. There, that's my that's my shameless plug for for that. My my awesome, favorite man. animated movie of the year is Marcel. The, the, the thing Shell. I heard about the Weird Al thing was um, they put a lot of stuff in there that was just like 
sort of fantastical. Oh, it is. It, it is. It's just, it's out there. If, yeah. Like Rocket Man, but from Weird Al's point of view. It's yeah. like I said, once you realize he is not making a biopic at all. Uh, and, yeah. and then, so I said, I, I described it. This is the movie he wanted to make when he made UHF. Ah, so okay, okay. and and I love UHF and I love UHF yeah. more than I than I liked Weird, but Weird has its appeal. So yeah. if you're an Al, if you're an Al Yankovic fan, that that might be one for you. So yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. Uh, so I'm almost out of time here. So I will uh, thank you once again, uh, Mr. Julian Bailey, Bailey for uh, for joining me here on the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast. Um, well, I will I will remind everyone again that Three Pines is on Amazon right now. All of season one, eight episodes, well worth your time. Uh, a great show. Uh, and I hope you stay uh, safe and wide. Are you in, you got a coat. I'm going to guess you're back east somewhere. You know, I have the coat because I was, yeah, I kind of ran in and, you know, wanted to, didn't want to keep you waiting. And uh, I don't know, I kind of like the coat. I got, I didn't, I also didn't want to, well, I wasn't sure if you'd catch the logo, but I have an Adidas sweater on. I have no problem with that. I have a Mandalorian okay. t-shirt on. Oh, so. yeah, no, I don't know. I just kept the coat on. Um, I was actually contemplating doing this in my car because the light was great today. But then I was like, uh, so I tried to get my setup going in here and then, yeah. and then, yeah, ran out of time. So I, anyway, I just didn't take the coat off. No, <laughs> well, stay warm if it's cold wherever you're at, because yeah. I know most of the, yeah. this freaking continent is an ice box right now yeah crazy man uh, so no, I, I will you too man and thank you so much for having me on i really enjoyed uh, absolutely talking. and uh you're welcome back anytime to talk about any project you'd like i appreciate that man thank you so much happy new year you too all right many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, let's let's talk about uh, Three Pines really quick. Um, but so this is a French Canadian show. I, I I've been calling it that because it's not really a Canadian show. This is a French Canadian show. Uh, yeah. You are neither French nor Canadian. I mean, you know, I am a I'm a permanent resident of Canada, and I'm married to a Canadian. And you know, it's 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 one of those funny things like how Canadian are you really to play this role? You know, I, 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 I consider myself to be as Canadian as I can be, whatever that means. I, I live in Toronto and also spend uh, time in, in London, which is where I grew up um, and where I lived for my whole life. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm on my way to becoming more and more Canadian, whatever that means. 
I'm feeling more and more Canadian as uh, as the as the years go on, and and I'm really happy to be here and be exploring another country, another culture, and whatever it brings. That's 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 excellent. Um, now, like uh, your your two co-stars that I talked to earlier this week, I found something when I was when I was looking at your your CV, uh, if you will. Sarah Booth work used to work in the Waterworld stunt show, which I found amazing. Um, uh, Julian uh, was on an American soap opera, which I also found amusing because it was one I used to watch with my grandmother way back in the day when I would stay home from school sick. You do roller derby or did do yes. ro- what? I- explain. Yeah. So when I, after I left drama school, I discovered roller derby through the uh, the daughter of a director that I had worked with. And she took me to see a, uh, they call it a bout um so a game a match whatever you want to call it and i it was just exhilarating and thrilling and i very quickly started to train in in roller derby and skating and skating for that particular sport and everything that came with it and it's an incredible sport it's incredibly athletic and wonderful and colorful and very different to i think a lot of the documentaries that you can find about it on netflix and so on i think they're kind of cheesy and they go for the like the original roller derby which was more like kind of wrestling and for show it's not like that anymore so please viewers don't don't even look at it online. Go see a game in real life and uh, experience the brilliance that is roller derby. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And the other thing I learned this week about you is that apparently you were familiar with the source material coming in. Yes. Yeah. 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 I was, um, because I had filmed something in London with the writer and creator of Three Pines, and it was a show called Deceit. And Amelia de Girolamo, who's the writer and creator, she reached out to me after filming had finished and she told me about Three Pines and the novels and she knew that I was also in Canada. And so she told me about the project, which doesn't always happen. And and I was really grateful to just know about it a little bit in advance. And it meant that I could get into the novel series I read I think the first five novels before the audition came around and I I really connected with Clara Morrow who I ended up reading for and you know thankfully it was the right character for me and and they really believed in me and 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 it all worked out which is just wonderful I feel very very lucky um, yeah, it, it, you're exceptional at it, actually. Uh, so you're playing, you're playing an artist. Uh, what is your art background? Because we don't see you and Peter do, physically doing a lot of art, but do you have an art background? In real life? Yes. Yeah, I, I do. Um, my dad was an actor, but also before that, I, he trained in like print at a, at a printer's, and he was really an incredible artist as well as an actor and my mum studied in fine art and my sister as well although my sister's a jeweler now and I was sort of surrounded by art all the time I guess and without really realizing it and I've always been good at art but never you know never really passionate about taking up painting as a full-time hobby or anything like that and it was in this last year after filming that I took my first pottery course and I fell in love with the art form and everything that came with it and I was really able to apply all of my 
artistic knowledge that I had into this new medium that just spoke to me somehow and I, I became obsessed with it you could say I was thinking about it all the time and um, so I've developed a whole body of work this year and you know even launched uh, my pottery business which I'm really pleased with and happy about and it's really nice to have other things as well as you know your main passion that you're also passionate about and that you kind of have a lot more artistic control over and and I think that playing Clara Morrow kind of inspired me to sort of go for it because I, I think it's something that had always been dormant in me and there'd never been enough time to really give it attention and I think playing that role and also being inspired by Louise Penny who took up novel writing in her late 40s and became an incredibly successful crime writer you know there were all these kind of things just sort of nudging me to to not turn it away and, and go for it. And I'm really, really pleased that that happened. Yep. Yeah. Um, so Three Pines is, is uh, it's a whodunit series based on a series of whodunit novels. Um, I mentioned to your co-stars, uh, the, the whodunit as a genre is, is in the middle of this like mini renaissance. You know, we've had, you know, uh, Branna's Agatha Christie films. We've got Ryan Johnson has got his second who done it in theaters now you know we had the comedy uh, see how they run uh, yeah. who done it earlier this year um why do you what do you think the appeal of the who done it is for audiences and and why do you think maybe it's kind of coming back a little bit yeah i mean you get such rich layered stories in a whodunit and you get a whole selection of characters that you get invested in but you don't know whether you can love them or or not trust them and use kind of you know all those things I guess that maybe you doubt in life like can I trust this person you know who am I rooting for and it it's kind of a fun guessing game I, I think but what makes this particular version unique I think is our inspector he's not a troubled kind of uh dark figure he's troubled in his own way but he really leads from empathy and trying to find the good in others and I think we we don't often see that kind of gentle gentle inspector and, and he's really lovely to be around and to follow and he kind of leads us leads us on his path I guess through discovering who might be guilty yeah well well since you since you mentioned our inspector let me just this this is a really this is a big ensemble cast um and of course you've got alfred molina at the top um what is it like working how do you feel working with this this group of actors and alfred molina well, as I'm sure you've heard from Sarah and Julian, Alfred was an incredible joy to work with. He was so funny at all times. He was really lifting everyone's spirits and just, I think he really set the tone for everyone to, to just mesh and do the work and there be no ego and just enjoy the work. And yeah, he, he's an incredible lead actor to have on your set and and just allows you to kind of succeed in in the stories that you're trying to to tell so yeah he was very special uh, and the rest of the cast uh, i mean it's it's three pines is that's for a small town that's a huge community 
when you know you yeah. look at the you look at book club i mean that or, or in the cafe i mean that's 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 a, a couple of handfuls of, of characters that all play a pretty important role depending on which you know which scene we're in i, I mean is that is it hard to maybe f- make yourself feel known or important in that or do you just trust the scripts i think you always have to trust the script and uh i would say that you know each character our director sam donovan wanted to make sure that each character had come up with a secret so each actor had a secret for their character and you could kind of carry that with you in any given scene and you know you in a lot of those scenes you are just seeing the reactions the physical reactions the the um the storytelling that people are doing just through their eyes and i think you know the fact that everyone had their very detailed kind of backstory whether they were taking it from the novels or whether they'd invented their own secret history and and tension that was going on for them everyone could kind of carry that with them wherever they were going so they didn't feel as if they didn't know what they were bringing to a scene you know everyone everyone had very very clear intentions wherever they were in whichever part of the story and you know I think having such a rich source material for me at least I know that not everyone read the novels um I I just had so much already that I had been reading about Clara that was just always there simmering in the background and I could kind of carry that with me wherever I went so I found that to be really helpful and you know hopefully if if we go to a season two we'll we'll see more and more of the villages and their backstories and all the different things that make them tick but i think it's really important for a first season to really be not sure about all of those people in the town and 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 where they're going and what they're feeling and i won't give away too much but yeah i think it's important to have that uncertainty about them in the start. I, I agree totally. Um, you, since you have the background in the books, uh, and you've got all that material, I'm going to ask the, the show, um, real, it, it, it brings into focus the plight of the indigenous people, specifically the indigenous women. Uh, and you know, the way those kind of get lost in the shuffle, so to speak. Um, was that present in the book? Were you, or the books, were you aware of that going in, to, to making the show or was, how do you feel that was done? Cause I, I, I feel like the balance was really well struck between that's not the story, but that is, that's a huge part of the environment in which we, yeah. we live in, in the show. And I just wondering what you knew going in and how you, how you feel about that. Yeah. It's a guiding, a guiding kind of thread that goes throughout. Um, it's something that is present in the novels. It's actually a missing indigenous boy. Um, but it isn't something that spans throughout the novel series in the way that it does in the show. And I think it's really testament to Amelia de Girolamo and, you know, the team at Left Bank and Amazon who brought on different indigenous consultants and really created these storylines years before, you know, the mass graves were discovered uh, of all the children at the residential schools. These stories, they they were very... Um, they were very in tune to the history and the trauma of Canada and wanted to make sure that that was part of these stories. And, and they really did it so incredibly. And you have to hand that credit to 
Emilia de Girolamo and and the creative team. And it's something that Louise Penny, um, the author of the novel series, you know, had said she 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 wishes she had been able to bring that out so deftly. And I think, you know, when you're writing a novel series, you don't really know where something is is going to go. And she started those books, you know, over a decade ago. So I think having fresh eyes on the novel series and adapting it for screen and making it as current as possible and as reflective of the Canada and the identities that we uh, have today, I think is really, really essential. You can't kind of, you can't continue to whitewash TV in the way that it has been. And the Indigenous cast is just so incredible. And it's really exciting to see, you know, as well as it's traumatic to, to experience these stories, it's very exciting to have so many Indigenous actors in an, a show like this. And and, and I think it, it feels very wonderful to be able to, um, yeah, to share the screen with, with those wonderful actors. And yeah, I know that they've felt that it's been something very special for them too. Yep. Um what kind of reputation or reputation, what kind of reception did you, did you guys expect and you specifically for the show, maybe outside of, I mean, these, the Canadian novelist, Canadian settings, um, what kind of reception may, were you maybe expecting for the show? Yeah. Um, yeah. For Canadian audiences, you, we were sort of, you know, knowing that the the novels had such a big readership and worldwide, in fact. So I was really curious to see how that translated now that it was, you know, being made into a TV show. I was definitely getting messages from people in the UK who read the novel series and were really excited to see that it was being made into a show. And and I had no idea, you know, that it that it was such a kind of well-loved series until, you know, more recently. I, I I myself was really curious to to discover what the reception would be. You know, we we had been told that they were kind of aiming for a kind of mix between Fargo and Twin Peaks and and a kind of blend of different different things, but it it's found its own voice and it and it treads kind of between different crime genres and i think it has its own unique voice which is really wonderful to see that it's not just copying something else it feels like it has its own thing and and that's the thing that i was most pleased to see is that it had a voice that was different to anything else and and i think that's what's going to make it um the success that it has been and, and will hopefully continue to be. Yeah. Uh, one of my comparisons, uh, specifically on the, uh, the uh, integration of the indigenous plight uh, was uh, a show that was on AMC a few years ago called Longmire, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's another law enforcement show set next to a reservation. And so there, that interplay played a huge part. I mean, the Sheriff Walt Longmire is not chief inspector Armand Gamache by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, maybe their their base worldviews are very similar in in right Ooh. and wrong and and whatnot and and the the balance both shows kind of struck between the the yeah. the, the two cultures is kind of interesting so um so yeah so the eight episodes of season one is are now complete uh, everyone can stream them on Amazon in full it it's four two episode arcs um so it's 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 bingeable in two episode chunks or you can just binge all eight um. 
fingers crossed for season two. Hopefully, any rumblings that you it's can't spoil. Very- positive i i don't we don't know yet at this point we're hoping to find out very soon um it's looking so positive so far i mean it was number one in canada the uk australia in the states in in kind of all the regions that it was airing in um so you'd you'd hope that with those figures that it will continue but who knows? Uh, you never know until you know, and you're filming. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm, I'm fingers fingers crossed for that. Um, so uh, to to we'll we'll wrap up here. But since I, I ostensibly run a, a movie podcast, I'm going to ask you two movie questions that hopefully you're prepared for because neither of your co-stars were. Um, <laughs> the, right, the, the, the first is what is the last movie that you saw in a theater? In the theater. Uh, it's hard with COVID times. You are going less, aren't you? Um, ooh, ooh. Yes, I am underprepared. I'm, God, I don't know. I think it was like a superhero thing or something. Oh, no. It might have been Black Panther then if it was a super. It could have been Black Adam if it had the rock in it. Not that recent, yeah. Oh, dear, I'm sorry. That is terrible. Have, have, you, have you watched... <laughs> Uh, have you streamed anything at home this year? And if you if you've watched any 2022 films, what is the favorite movie that you watched this year? What is the one that you just think I can go? Oh, I just enjoyed that movie. Yeah, I, I yeah, we watched a lot at home this year. I think um, for me, one of my favorites was probably Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, an That's excellent choice. Such a stunning film and so emotional and beautiful and and i yeah i think those kind of family stories really resonate with with me they uh yeah they hit all all the right things well i i also threw some recommendations at your co-stars as well for oh. movies that you may or may not have seen and if i say them you may go oh yes i did indeed watch that uh one if you want a nice wholesome family show uh marcel the shell with shoes on you you, you oh, can't yeah. not watch that the trailers for that okay it's, you were watching yes if you if you don't enjoy that i i keep telling people if you don't enjoy that you just don't have a soul there's, <laughs> there's just you can't not enjoy that um if you didn't see top gun if you're not even an action movie that person that was the last one i saw i think maybe yeah top um, gun top yeah that's that one is great uh if you haven't seen guillermo del toro's pinocchio on netflix oh um, really I, it's I, good I, you like it it's so much better than that other Pinocchio that was out earlier this year. Okay. Um, but yes, the Guillermo versions all stop motion. It's just incredible, incredible. Wow. Uh, and just recently, if you're into any kind of horror at all, Oh yes. Um, I if you haven't seen violent night, um, I saw that's it. The Santa. That's the Santa one. I, I saw it twice in theaters and I smiled through it the entire time. It's wow. just, it's, but uh, it's, it's, it's rated R for a reason, but if you're okay with that, it's, you'll, you'll act it, the weirdest movie to smile your way through violence, but it just really? is. It, it's fabulous. Okay. If, if you're a fan of that genre, it's, it's. I do love horror films. I really enjoy being, being scared. Oh, um, well then, then <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know if, crime. I don't know if you're, uh, uh, if you're, a uh, an evil dead Sam Raimi fan. If you if you've I, watched no, I never really watched any of those. Are they they're worth watching? They are. They brought us uh, the great and wonderful Bruce Campbell, but they also really they're 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 horror comedies, 
Um, mm. But they've recently re they've expanded past that, so they actually have a new one coming out on April first, I believe, uh, called mm. Evil Dead Rise. It's actually set in a skyscraper instead of the cabin in the woods. It kind of invented the cabin in the woods genre. Mm. So yeah, but they're they they're they're silly, they're scary, they're entertaining, they're just all of the things, uh, and they they don't skimp on blood at all. There's there's <laughs> there's, there's there's so much blood. Oh, um, that's just, and it's, 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 there's so much blood that it's just ridiculous to the point of being ridiculous. And then you just have to laugh at the, the copious amounts of blood. So, <laughs> it, but it's, they're, they're some of my favorite movies to go back and watch and just laugh my way through them because the horror is horrific and yet hilarious at the same time. And it's mostly yeah, because of the performances. combination, don't you? So you're not just disgusted by yeah, the whole thing. The, uh, yeah. Sam Raimi directed, wrote and directed those. And he did Doctor Strange earlier this year, the, mm. the Multiverse of Madness. And there's, I watched that movie and I was like, oh, there's so much Evil Dead in that wow, movie. It's just all of those, all yeah. of those horror things that he invented. I just, I uh, loved it to death. But yes, if you haven't, you, you need to go watch Violent Night. It's, it's well worth your time. So if there's kids, don't let them watch. Um, okay. It's got Santa, but it's not for them yeah. uh, at all. So uh, no, but it is, <laughs> yeah, but it's entertaining, <laughs> but it is entertaining. Well, yeah. So th- that's it. You have two assignments and you have to watch Marcel the shell and you have to watch violent night. Brilliant. So, Thank you. <laughs> but, I uh, love a recommendation. Uh, I, I, and I love giving them. I've watched so many movies this year that it is not, and I've watched a lot in, in theaters because I've had to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, uh, I, I think I've averaged now more than a film a day first watches this year, wow. whether at home or in theaters. And that's a lot of cinema. That's a lot of cinema. <laughs> that is a lot of cinema. And in a couple of weeks, I get to do Sundance. So that'll be fun. I'll Amazing. try and cram as many of those in as I can. But, uh, and a thank you so much for coming thank on. Thank you so much. I want to recommend again to everyone, go watch Three Pines on Amazon right now. All eight episodes. You're going to get a season two. That's all I'm going to say. Don't, yeah. don't think people, people don't think you're not going to get a season two. We're going to get a season two. It's too good. Amazon has to be smarter than that to not Absolutely. give us a season two. Uh, so thank you again very much. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. And uh, uh, have a great time. And uh, anytime you want to come back on, if we get season two and you want to talk about that or anything else, just Absolutely. reach right out and we will, we will uh, zoom this right up and get to get the gabbing. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.